Are you are you ready to start? Because I can probably lead us off. Uh, let me lead us off. You'll appreciate how I lead us off. Oh, I'm now I'm really looking forward to it. All right, welcome back to a new episode of A Town FM. This isn't a re-release or anything that we had in the bottle. This is a freshly recorded recording of a new episode. <laughs> Wait, are you implying that that's happened in the past? Have we ever just rehashed episodes or something? <laughs> no, no, no. I just, I guess. Um, this is, all right, guys, this is going to be a clips episode. Uh, we're just going to play clips from yeah. uh, the last two years of A Town. <laughs> just, just have like two minutes worth of new content connecting all these. Yep. <laughs> that would be like 10 times more work than just doing a brand new episode <laughs> that would be fun though it would be a very Not like for me meta thing that two people would yeah. enjoy <laughs> i think this is a good opportunity for you to uh learn how to edit Dan. oh sure sure i'm just saying like it would be funny if like a podcast released a clip episode. i feel like i feel like i've heard of shows doing that but maybe i'm imagining that they probably have so i wanted to start us out to to uh i, I you do not know about this but um, I'm just going to get quiet for a second and ask, do you hear anything? Do I hear anything? Yeah. Uh, well, I can hear my kid uh, who's in the room directly above my office who is not sleeping, despite the fact that it is way past his bedtime. But uh, other than that, no. Why? Do you, so you don't hear anything in my house? Uh, oh, oh. Something that has been a staple of our podcast for three years. Wow. <laughs> I mean, okay, if there was ever a sign that uh, the show has, like, actually sort of died, it's not the fact that we haven't released an episode in two months. It's the fact that <laughs> the ever-present chirping of uh, little little Chirpy, the fire alarm, is, is not beeping in the background. Wow. Exactly. You found it? We found it. You see, what happened was um, I woke up at about... It did not wake me up, but I woke up at about... Four in the morning on Saturday night. Well, so I guess Sunday morning. And I go into the bathroom and I just hear this really low, like solid hum. And I go in the basement. It's the same area. Like I can tell it's related to the same chirping sound that I've heard. And I cannot find it anywhere. Like I was down there for about half an hour or so just looking everywhere for it, looking in the rafters, all this kind of stuff. Like putting my hands along. Because one thing that can happen is it's like, sometimes like piping in people's houses will will go out and they think it's like an electronic thing or something and they go crazy and really it's just an old pipe that's like very lightly whistling because it's like got something coming out somewhere like like a hole or something but it wasn't so i was looking for that trying to put my hand over pipes just to see if the sound or tone changed nothing was working so i just like texted my dad at like 4 30 in the morning i was like hey can you guys come over before you go to church and try and figure this out? Because I am at a loss and I have visitors coming in town for Thanksgiving on Tuesday. So I need to figure this out. And so they ended up coming out over after church. And my mom was cutting my hair because she's a hairdresser. And my dad was down in the basement for about 30, 45 minutes and then came upstairs with an old fire alarm that apparently was sitting in a, you know, those like freezer bags that like keep stuff cold when you take it from Aldi's to your home. Oh, yeah. Like the like uh, temperature bag. Yeah. Yeah. It's like shiny. Yeah. That's why I couldn't find it was because it someone some at some point in time had put it in there. I don't know if it was me or my little brother or because I've never used those. So I don't even know how it got there or why. Wait, I'm still confused. So there was a like shiny uh like that foil kind of 
a freezer yes. bag that had a fire alarm yes. in it that was in your rafter? It was not in my rafters. It was in a bag under some stuff under a desk that's sitting downstairs at the bottom of the steps in the basement. Okay. So and just so the, just the listeners like, are aware, this is like an unfinished basement. It's not like... Right. So it's understandable that there'd be, you know, some like uh, furniture or storage or that kind of stuff, I'm, I'm presuming. Yeah. And well, also with that, um, because it's an unfinished basement, it's like concrete walls. Right. And so you just know the sound is somewhere over here, not... It's hard to identify it because it's echoing off the walls. So it's not like something that, like, all you can do is know it's somewhere in this area. And for the longest time, I just didn't bother with it because it was the chirp. And every and it was so far apart. It's like 45 seconds apart. And I've spent time in the basement before trying to find that and whatever it was and could never find it. And eventually just gave up because it's like, well, I'm not going to sit down here one minute at a time and try to find this stupid thing. <laughs> Because every time you hear it, you, of course, it, even if it's a small chirp, it'll echo off the walls. And th- that's always been the issue. Like, I was convinced for the longest time it wasn't a fire alarm because I figured there's no way that this thing would be doing this for three years. But it has. <laughs> yeah, that's actually kind of impressive. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Especially on an off-brand battery. So, <laughs> I don't know. I But the problem is resolved. There we go. <laughs> it's a new, it's a new yeah. era. We're starting season two officially. <laughs> We lost a cast member. <laughs> yeah, we did. <laughs> so yeah, that's uh, that's what's new in my life. <laughs> yeah, big changes, big changes. <laughs> it's Christmas time. I uh, we actually had a weird little bit of warm weather here right before Thanksgiving started, mm-hmm. and so over the weekend uh, I got all my Christmas lights huh. up. I haven't turned them on. I, actually, this is a good question for you and for the listeners at large. Uh, maybe not as large anymore. Uh, when is it okay to turn on your outside Christmas lights? Because, like, I got them all set up, and I'm a little early this year, yeah. and I noticed nobody on my street has their lights on. Like, a couple of people have them set up as well, but they haven't turned them on. Yeah. And, like, I'm one of those people. Like, we have our tree set up, because we set that up this weekend, too. And, of course, we turn that on, and we... Because me and my wife just... We like Christmas. We've been listening to Christmas music since November started. So, like, right. we're those annoying people that everybody hate. But... I don't want to like force that on other people. And I know how much it just angers other people. And you know, that's the opposite of what you want to do on Christmas. So I feel like I need to wait until what, at least after the Thanksgiving, right? So my take on it is personally, um, I wait till Thanksgiving for any of it, whether it's music, putting anything up. So I think the, the, the only thing that's going to slightly change is this year. I'm probably going to put up, my decorations and stuff on Wednesday, but mostly because I'm going to be doing stuff on Thursday and through the rest rest of the week and be gone. But that's basically, you know, that's Thanksgiving for me. That's what I mean by I'm putting them up then. But I've noticed um, my job, let's just say, takes me into a lot of people's houses. I'm a robber. I'm a I'm a criminal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, and I have noticed lots of people have completely decked out their houses, uh, both rich and poor. And so there's no, there's no, uh, economic benchmark for this phenomenon. And I always thought I was the crazy Christmas person because I, quite frankly, I am in my family. I really like everything about it. I have like just certain things that I need to do out of habit, even if, even if they aren't, uh, even if they aren't things that I want to do, I feel like I have to do them because I always do them. Well, and, (laughs) <laughs> to be clear, with you, you sort of have, like, 
a regimented schedule for your life when it comes to tradition. Right. So it doesn't surprise me that you say I wait till after Thanksgiving, not because you think it's too early, but because I assume that November has its own set of traditions, like pre-Thanksgiving, where there's yeah. a certain type of music and a certain type of movies or TV shows that you watch around this time. Is that is that the case? Yeah, we kind of start with a loose schedule in October with like horror movies and stuff like that for Halloween. And then uh, November, there's like some family things. And uh, I like watching Planes, Trains, and Automobiles because that's the only Thanksgiving movie that exists. Uh, it's a good one, too. Yeah, it's a very good one. And I think I'm going to uh, uh, try to get in the first Tobey Maguire Spider-Man this year because it has a large Thanksgiving segment of the movie. Ah, yes. <laughs> and so <laughs> You got clipped by a, a bike messenger? <laughs> no, that's isn't that the second one? Or? Oh, no, no, you're what? right. No, that's you're the right. first yeah, one with that's uh, Osborne. That's in the first one. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. I was thinking of him riding a bike. That was the second one. Um, but you're right. But anyway, yeah, so I um I like doing that sort of stuff, putting up the decorations and then I I don't I can't allow myself to listen to Christmas music until at least Thanksgiving. Like I have a playlist and everything on Spotify. I used to have one on Apple Music and all that kind of stuff and I just kind of force myself not to. It's not like a I'm not like suffering or anything right now, but I I I, <laughs> I am surprised that Many Christmas stations already started, which that's always a thing. So I don't, I don't mean to be, I don't mean that in like a jokey way because everyone's like, oh, it's already started this this year and it's July. But um, yeah, I mean, they start before Thanksgiving, which it, it just seems weird to me. Like I feel like Thanksgiving to to Christmas is sort of the time frame. I, I, all of that to circle back around to your question, I don't like doing anything before Thanksgiving, Christmas wise, whether that's putting up anything. Or whatever. I understand, though, the practicality of, especially if you're doing outside stuff, um, that you're going to wait, that you're going to do it on a day where it's not raining because it looks like we're supposed to get some, it's supposed to get colder and it's supposed to be wet pretty much through the, through the last half of the week here for Thanksgiving. So I. Right. And, and really what I'm talking about is, is when it's okay to turn the lights on because. I don't think anybody would be annoyed that I set everything up beforehand. Do decorations um, and lights and stuff beforehand. Uh, they already have their tree up. Yeah. I think, I mean, I yeah. think I'm going to wait till after Thanksgiving. I, I feel like at that point, I'm sure like there's still plenty of people that think that's too early well, and think you added... should wait until, you know, December 1st, the 25 days of Christmas, which, yeah. you know, it's fair. But, uh, but I think, I think I feel safe doing it then. But it is this weird thing because people get very, very upset uh, about Christmas being forced into their retinas too early or their earballs probably the same type of people that like die hard as a christmas easy movie, we won't we won't go into that again. <laughs> um i think the attitude that i've picked up on is that a lot of people are um how do i put it uh they uh, what i've literally heard from more than one person is oh well i you know i want to have the the tree up for thanksgiving and that's becoming like a, a more prominent attitude that I've noticed. And again, this is anecdotally from like two people saying that, but I, I've seen that kind of become a thing is that some people are like, well, no, I mean, I mean, Thanksgiving is part of the Christmas season now, so I want to have the tree up for it. That's interesting. They see it as like the beginning, which I like that, but I feel weird personally putting up stuff before then, but I get it. Yeah. Like I feel like, so we always go to my aunt's house uh, for Thanksgiving and then we go to my mom's house. Uh, on her side of the family for Christmas. And my aunt always mm -hmm. gets her tree. She has like a tree upstairs and a tree downstairs. It's a whole production. 
And she always has hers up for Thanksgiving. Yeah. But I always kind of presume that was in part because like that is her family gathering thing before Christmas because nobody goes over there for Christmas. Yeah. Um, but I guess that I can kind of see that. But it is like if you're setting up this really nice sort of thing and houses are just nice to be in at Christmas. I don't know. Yeah. I'm obviously showing my bias here, but uh, I, I do. I do see that now that you mention that as being like a thing now. I like it personally, but it's uh, it's weird because I was in a house where I feel like my dad has become more lenient and he's always been the one that's been like, uh, we'll put up the tree two weeks before Christmas. We don't need it up all December type of person. And so it's slowly gotten back to, okay, he puts up the tree like Christmas or, or uh, Thanksgiving weekend now. And they might take it down by the end of January type thing. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, And so exactly. I think that's more of like it just it comes with age sort of thing. But uh, but yeah, so it's weird to me only in that I'm used to the opposite sort of attitude that I've always been like, no, I want it up longer. So I actually really like that idea. It's just I've always been in the other camp uh, by force. Yeah, I, I think for me, a big part of it is... Uh, it's like a couple of weeks ago was daylight savings ending. And at least here in America, that means like the end of the day or the darkness comes a lot sooner. Right. And so mm-hmm. like you get home from work and it's already dark. Yep. And so like, that's like super depressing. And as soon as that happens, like I'm pre looking forward to that sort of like glow of the street being lit up with lights and the house being lit up with lights. And whenever like you have ha- lights on the outside of your house, when those are turned on, it kind of like bleeds into the house a little bit. And I don't know, it just adds this little bit of glow. It's not really just, it's not right. like, I mean, obviously it's for quote Christmas, but really it's about like representing this time frame, so to speak. And it helps offset that like depression I get from it being dark already whenever I get home. Right. So I, I think that might be part of uh, why I am like, so eager to get to it earlier um because it's not like i'm wanting it up for christmas specifically like you know i don't really care about candy canes and getting all those types of decorations up early it's just that like that warm light that's sort of glowing and offsetting the sudden darkness that you know appeared out of nowhere whenever the time changed you know i i agree and is is that pretty much the same everywhere year round? Like I know most people do daylight saving times. It's very inconsistent. Like they they don't all happen at the same time, um, and some places don't do it at all. And then like I've been learning more and more about uh, time zones lately because uh, I don't. We haven't mentioned this on the show, but I'm I'm starting up like another podcast where I'm doing interviews with uh, other like developers, app developers, and stuff like that. Right. And so I've been trying to schedule uh, interviews and. Yeah, most of the people I've been scheduling with are not in America, and so like I have a couple apps to help do this, and I've realized like time zones are freaking crazy, and I don't know how anybody does any business, uh, especially how they did it pre like right. computers and stuff because it's completely crazy. Like it, nobody, not everybody's even on the hour. Like there's places that are on the half hour, and other places that are on like quarter hours and stuff like that, and so it is. It is really crazy. And then daylight savings just throws another crazy wrench in there because everybody's is different. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I I don't want to get into the whole like time thing be just because it like frustrates me and I feel like everyone's <laughs> had a version of the conversation of like, why do we actually do this? And I think like John Oliver's whole thing on it 
was sort of like the last statement on it and it just doesn't make sense why we do that but yeah i mean it has it's one of those weird things where uh while it is annoying i really really like the actual daylight savings time so i would much rather have it and have it change on me than not have it at all and it always get darker sooner yeah but when but what the last one that we just had recently made it darker sooner well no but what i mean is so daylight savings is the one that happens over the summer Gotcha. Okay, gotcha. Right. So I that's the t- that's the time I would want it to be all the time, and yeah. I'm willing to deal with the pain of it changing, in order to at least get some of that time. I would rather it be that time all the all year round, but yeah, I would definitely not prefer it to be the normal standard time all year round, because I enjoy the lightness later in the day. Yeah, I feel like it's pretty much light out right now, seven to six. Oh, not past. even. Yeah, yeah. It's usually dark by the time I get right. home at like five. Five, yeah, five, five thirty, yeah. I don't know. I don't like it. Nope. But um, don't like it one. No, bit. I I understand that that piece of it then because that that does make sense because it's a lot better than it just being dark and dingy all the time. So moral of the story, uh, I should be okay at least in Dan's eyes, which are the only eyes that uh, I yearn for. Ew. The only yeah. <laughs> uh, it should be okay <laughs> to uh, turn the lights on right after Thanksgiving, but not on Thanksgiving. Makes sense. Right. So uh, it's been a while, right, since we've recorded. And in that time, uh, one of the topics that we talk about a lot is streaming services and, uh, you know, TV and movies and stuff. Right. And that world has finally exploded. The thing that we've been talking about and theorizing about and conjecturing about has finally hit us. And Apple TV uh, Plus or whatever it's called and Disney Plus and all of all of the different new shows that come along with that have all descended upon us announcements have been made announcements yeah. have been made what announcements have been made oh like for like hbo max oh right yeah i don't know if we've even talked about that kind of stuff yeah which uh which has caused a stir amongst uh some other streaming services which we can get to in a minute <laughs> I'll, I'll just get to it now uh so like uh hbo max was announced we are now in a post streaming explosion world before that we were we were before the disney horizon and uh and so like like you said apple and disney have come out and then i think hbo said theirs will be kind of a summertime release right yeah but maybe maybe let's just i think the the main thing we really kind of wanted to focus on here was was disney plus yeah is that, is that correct yeah i mean i was gonna say something about hbo max i don't know if you heard oh, about no okay go on Keep because on, sorry. It, it ties into something we talked about in the past uh so there's this whole other streaming app called dc dc what what is it called dc, DC universe? universe yeah so they have these live action shows and they've actually surprisingly been pretty successful with it for relative to them it's not like they're any top dog in the streaming wars or anything but people have really liked their content that they've put out people were generally surprised they seem to be knocking it out of the park in tv but struggling in movies um and uh what happened was and i i think i mentioned this to you and i don't know if you remember or know this but they have this show called Doom Patrol, which a lot of people really liked. It was one of the favorites on there. It got renewed for season two. And then HBO Max announced their big release with like the House of Dragons show, the Game of Thrones spinoff, and like all these different things that they're doing. And one of the things that they announced was a Green Lantern live action show. And uh, Doom Patrol season two would be premiering on HBO Max. And so there's a lot of like DC Universe uh uh subscribers who are understandably angry 
that they have paid for this service, understanding that this content would be coming. And now I believe they're not getting season two. Wait, 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 wait. Either that or it's going to be shared. Yeah, I was about to say, I, I don't think they're going like, presumably HBO Max will just have all the same content that DC Universe has. Maybe. I don't think so. I don't know if that's actually true or not, but I mean, DC Universe was how much on its own? It's like $7 a month, something like that. Oh, hmm. But but, but here's the thing. I don't know if that's true, though, because I would hope that they would premiere it on both. But I think, but what I saw was a lot of people upset saying, talking as if Doom Patrol Season 2 would not be premiering on the app. And that is now... Yeah, see, I would have guessed that they would have just, like, they would have canceled or stopped DC Universe and everything would just get folded into HBO Max. Right. And again, I and they haven't yet. And I think uh, DC Universe subscribers are also kind of mad that it's like, oh, a new DC live action show, Green Lantern, and that's not going to be part of the DC Universe. Yeah, I don't know. It sounds like they're just not being very clear about what's happening here, but it's a little ways away. Yeah, which I don't care about because personally, I'd rather it all roll into HBO Max because to me, I think when this all settles this the the streaming services i would prefer to have would be netflix hbo max disney and probably apple as a fourth but i'm leaving that that slot open until they get a few more things behind them right and then you'll probably have amazon already just because you probably already have it oh yeah i yeah <laughs> that's true amazon so that would be a fifth and then hulu you probably will keep for some reason i'll keep amazon for lord of the rings and miss mazel so <laughs> yeah I mean, that's the thing, right? They're all going to have something big, uh, presumably. Yeah. Unless, you know, one of them dies or whatever. But, I mean, based on how much content was being produced and how much money was being made um, in the cable world, I think it's reasonable to expect that there's going to be a similar amount of money that can be spent for a similar amount of content once this all shakes out. Right. So, I mean, yeah, like, that means you're either going to give up on uh, some of the big shows or... You're going to pay a similar, maybe less, maybe a little more, you know, who knows, amount right. uh, for all this. Which seems to have everybody very upset. Like, I don't know how many times I've seen tweets like, I thought this was supposed to save us from streaming, or from cable. Yeah, we we talked about this. I think I think we came down that we essentially agree that, like, this is better overall for everyone, even if it ends up being the same price. Because the medium has evolved. Like, your choices are better. Your your content quality is better. Well, and you have choices. That's the difference. Like, right. I don't think anybody thought cable was bad. Or, well, let me rephrase this. I didn't ever think that cable was bad because there was too many options. I thought it was bad because I didn't care about all of those options. And I wanted to not have to pay for all of them. Right. But you, you had all or nothing. Whereas, you know, this streaming world and even if you like project out into the future until disney owns all of the companies which is the inevitable entropy of all business at this point uh (laughs) until that point they're going to be separate services and you can decide like i only want the netflix stuff i only want the disney plus stuff whatever yeah now i do think that people will still be mad because they'll be like well all i care about is fantasy and i just want a service that has all the fantasy i want the netflix fantasy the hbo fantasy the disney plus fantasy and they're not going to get that you know what i mean they're going to get like yeah. they're going to have to pick one of those and then they're going to get all the documentaries all the nature stuff all the kid stuff from that show from that like right. uh platform or whatever but i still think that's way better than what we had before and personally i realize this is not everybody but i'm fine with having 
to choose because I, I I'm to the point now. I think I was telling you this the other day when when we were hanging out is that I feel like there's too much content even as a genre fan. Like there's so much stuff like uh, what's the what's the Henry Cavill show where he looks weird and it's like the fantasy thing, The Witcher. Oh yeah, yeah. Like that that actually looks really cool, and I maybe I'll end up watching it because I don't think there's a huge influx of content when it comes out, but. I don't know if I'll follow it if, like, Lord of the Rings comes out and HBO's whatever dragon show is going on at the same time. Like, it's getting to the point where there's so much of even stuff that I like that I'm becoming very picky with what I'm going to spend my time on. I told you the other day, like, Dark Crystal was incredible, like, the the show that they came out with, but I'll probably never watch it again. Like, I'll watch the next season, but I'm not going to... I'm not going to sit and rewatch it because there's just like so much stuff right coming out. Yeah, there. I mean, I mean, we've talked about this ad nauseum, but there's way more stuff. There has been way more stuff for me for like, well, I think forever. Even in the cable thing, there was just too mm-hmm. much content for me to keep up with. So that is not really a thing that concerns me. And personally, I would be fine just picking like one or two of these services. But yeah, uh, I think. My wife is more like there's one or two shows on many of the platforms that she cares about. So yeah. we'll probably end up with with access to most of them. You know, maybe not all of them, but quite a few at least. Right. Yeah. Now, while we're like on this topic, one thing I kind of want to get your thoughts on. I know we've talked about this personally a couple times, but the the difference between the different services in how some of them will drop episodes weekly. So like mm-hmm. these new, the Apple TV plus and Disney plus, they both just came out of the gate and they don't have a lot of content. So they started doing the weekly episodes. Like I think they dropped mm-hmm. like the Apple ones, they dropped like three episodes immediately. And then they did, you know, they're doing yeah. weekly right now. And then Disney plus is doing the Mandalorian weekly as well. And uh, I haven't watched a show like that other than like random comedies where, even then me and my wife will usually let them bundle up and we'll just watch like four in a row or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I haven't really watched a show weekly like that except for game of Thrones when you got me into that, but that was its own whole thing. Yeah. And you know, I there was only eight episodes in the last season and that was the only one I watched that way. So for me, this is kind of a n- not new phenomenon, but a thing that I haven't really experienced in a long time. And I don't know. I I have feelings, uh, fresh new feelings on that, but I'm I'm curious what your thoughts are are on it first. So I think with modern streaming stuff, I do like the drop three and then weekly model, Um, at least for new shows. And the reason being is because if you're trying to see, am I going to give this show a chance? um, It's a good way to at least get a, a, a quick binge, but then I prefer the weekly model. And I know you don't you don't i think we'll disagree on that but i'll give you an example so like right now um in addition to like mandalorian and watchmen i'm also watching um uh what is it his dark materials on hbo which is a pretty good show it's like a really good adaptation of that book series but because like they're doing it at a television pacing and not uh the movie um and it's way better than the movie by the way but uh it's it's like in the early stages of the story. And so it's like, okay, I'm not necessarily hooked yet, if that makes sense. And I feel like if they would have dropped three hours all at once, I might have gotten hooked because I could sit and watch it in one sitting. Right, because you can get into the characters and the world and sort of immerse yourself a lot more whenever you watch them all successively. Exactly. So, um, but I will say, 
I think the reason why my preferences, and I don't think either is wrong or right, because there are certain things where I'm sure there's an exception where I prefer the watching it all at once at like just dropping 10 episodes. So like Ozark and um, Mindhunter on Netflix, which are two like dark crime dramas. I really liked the, that they kind of drop all at once and you can just sit and watch it in one weekend or two weekends. But I will say with uh, with most other shows, which are the type that I'm drawn to, are things like Star Wars, Mandalorian, Lost, um, which I realize that's an older show and it was made in a different time when network TV was set up differently. But part of the reason that I like something like The Watchmen on HBO right now, or sorry, just Watchmen, um, is that there's this weekly like people trying to figure stuff out and puzzling because it's like this puzzle box show. And so shows like that, I really like that it's weekly. But then, like I said, there are exceptions to the rule where something like Handmaid's Tale, I think actually suffers from the weekly. Now, don't get me wrong. It's a great show. It's getting all the Emmy Awards. But it's a show that's like this long, like very dark, very depressing show. And to have it week by week, I don't think is a great model for something like that so my answer i guess would be it depends on the show but i think most times i like it weekly like i would have liked for stranger things to be weekly i personally like right now that mandalorian is weekly but um that's just my personal preference and it's just because i like the discussion around it from week to week where podcasts will review one episode at a time and talk about what happened and talk about theories for what's going to happen and it works especially well with a show like Watchmen or lost or things like that because lost i don't think would have been what it was if it if it if it was just dropped you know 10 episodes at once or something like that so i don't know your thoughts yeah so i think to me the biggest thing is i really don't like that feeling of being uh like a slave to a tv schedule like i just i really really dislike that feeling and especially with shows like the mandalorian is the one where i'm feeling this the most I feel like I'm watching that show because I have no choice. I'm not really into it at all. And I should be, right? It's Star Wars. It's a thing that I like. Seems to be well made. And we can talk about our opinions on that later if you want to. Mm -hmm. But I don't really look forward to watching it every weekend. I just feel like I have to watch it because if I don't, it is going to get spoiled for me. If there's anything like uh, that Twitter has proven to me, or not even just Twitter, but all of the internet, it's that The Mandalorian is going to be spoiled for you very sorry for all of our non-American friends who don't have access to it at all because they all know yeah, everything exactly. by now because it's unavoidable. Right. And so, th- like, I feel like I have to watch it. I don't have a choice. Whenever something drops all at once, like Stranger Things did, that came out this summer during a time when I wasn't in the mood and I was busy um, and I couldn't watch it all. So I waited. And I never had to play this game of avoiding spoilers or anything like that because everybody is very respectful uh, of people with spoilers for shows like that because right. nobody assumes that you saw the latest episode. Usually somebody will say, like, how far are you or have you started it yet or whatever. It's more like a movie. Mm-hmm. People don't just assume that you watch the latest movie. But with TV, it's like there's this assumption that if you're if you care about the show at all, you must be watching it weekly, like, within a day of it coming out. Mm-hmm. And that is a thing that just, like, really me because that's not how i like to watch shows is that a symptom of the format though or is that a symptom of the fandoms of certain things because Uh, i think the format i wouldn't blame the fandom because like that's kind of the point of that format right like that is the part of what you like about it Mm -hmm. and it's part of what i like about it with one or two shows i was like that with lost yeah yeah 
Um, and I'm like that right now with the Watchmen. I actually do enjoy that the Watchmen or Watchmen, whatever, is weekly. Yeah. Because one, each episode is very like um, standalone in its own thing, and that show is just mm-hmm. deeply special for lots of reasons that. Uh, we shouldn't get, waste our time getting into because that's a big rabbit hole. But right. that show is like the really deep episodes with lots and lots and lots of symbolism. Right. And I still think I probably would like it more if it was dropped all at once. But I'm also I'm appreciating the things that you get for it being weekly, reading right. the Reddit threads and all that stuff. Um, but I'm not like that with most shows. And I'm certainly not like that with shows that are kind of just action shows. You know what I mean? Like, right. I don't want to overly analyze uh, The Mandalorian because... I want things to be a surprise. Like I'm not a big fan. Like game of Thrones had that feeling to it where it was so overanalyzed mm-hmm. and over theorized that the things that should have been a surprise weren't at all because I've heard that in a fan theory because every possible permutation of how the events could unfold was pretty much laid out. So there wasn't really any room for something to be a surprise. Well, that's part of it. But with game of Thrones, it was also a little bit of there were leaks and then, morons would get on reddit and go well i didn't read any of the leaks but i think this and you know they would be presenting their leaked information as that's certainly possible right but no i i get your point though um but like the other the other thing is um i really like getting immersed in a show like i typically don't watch I, i say i don't watch that much tv which is a lie right like i've watched a lot of the shows that are popular but i watch them in little spurts I don't have this sort of ever-present, you know, demon process running in the back of my life that is keeping up with all these shows. And with this latest spurt of shows, me and my wife have kind of gotten into them a little bit. And we both commented on how, like, we really don't like this thing where we're never into a show fully. Mm -hmm. We're into all these different shows. And you're sort of trying to track all these different uh, events and timelines and histories all at the same time. Because I have, like five different shows right now that I have running in the background. And each time I start one, it takes a little bit to get back into it. And you kind of have to construct a show around this idea that you can't assume everybody has seen everything. Right. Mm -hmm. Whereas whenever you watch stranger things, everybody watched that like a movie and they constructed it that way. Like it was, it was this kind of seamless experience through the whole thing. And personally, that is like a style that I personally prefer. I'm not like, I'm agreeing with what you were saying earlier. There's definitely not a Right. right way and a wrong way. But it has very strongly confirmed that for me personally, I really, really prefer dropping everything at once and letting me sort of watch it at my leisure more like a movie. Right. Um, Because there's a couple shows that are going right now that I've already sort of dropped off because I just can't keep up with them. And I'm probably never going to get back into them. But I probably would have watched the whole season and enjoyed it if they had just dropped the whole thing at once. Yeah, I I think that's. Honestly, it really just comes down to preferences and what what you are or aren't. And I mean, because we've discussed before multiple times that you're more into like movies and I'm a lot. While I obviously like movies um, and some of my favorite things are movie franchises, um, I really like TV show as a format better. Uh, Not because it's like quality level better than movies, but just because I like the longer drawn out stuff. And so for me personally, uh, looking forward to. Like especially whenever now right now, I don't I don't know if like the world conspire all these companies probably do conspire to put out like all these really big shows at the same time. I don't think that's necessarily true because there's lots of stuff constantly going on throughout the year. I just think I don't care about those shows. But I feel like there's at least 
four months out of the year just sporadically that are just like complete dead zones of entertainment to me. And I normally do a lot of like, I do a lot more reading in those months than I do watching TV or movies because there's just nothing that's catching my interest. And so I look forward to when like um, Mindhunter comes out. It's like when season three comes out, that'll be really exciting, even though that's a drop all at once show. Um, Same with like Stranger Things 4 or whatever. Um, But I really like, like like for instance, I've been looking forward to this Disney Plus release because I think I've told you, like, to me, this is great because right now there are, what is it? There's Mandalorian, um, His Dark Materials, and Watchmen sort of running simultaneously weekly. And for me personally, it's like, I love it because I'm the opposite from you, whereas I love having those three things going on constantly at once. And then every Monday, I have like four podcasts that are like an hour and a half long a piece that I can listen to throughout the week discussing all these different shows, sometimes multiple podcasts for one show. (laughs) And like, I love all of that about it because it's just to me, that's a lot of fun for if I'm listening to podcasts and things like that. And I like that whole experience of it. But I definitely understand where I mean, it's also different. Like, I don't know if this is part of it. I'm sure it is. But I'm also like single. I don't have kids to take care of and all this stuff. So when you're like trying to like monetize your time to watch entertainment, um, it's hard to get into as many shows or I completely understand if that's a part of it. I'll, I guess I'll leave that open question to you. But like monetizing your time to use it efficiently and not have to, like you said, stay on a schedule to keep up with the thing or else Mandalorian will be spoiled, you know? Yeah, that probably has something to do with it uh, to a degree. But I also do think, like, I remember, you know, back when we were in college, even me and my wife both talking about how we just didn't like that whole being a slave to mm. TV schedule thing. And that was, you know, as streaming services were kind of slowly becoming a thing. But yeah, uh, I don't know, there's just something about that that, I wasn't a big fan of, and you know, I'm hypocritical to a degree because I did like that about lost. Right. Right. But that was like an event. And by that, I mean, yeah, there's, there's it was a weekly thing where friends came over and like, we made a right. whole thing of it. Right. Um, but there was almost no other shows that are like that for me and certainly not the majority of shows, but I mean like game of Thrones would be the, another counter example, right? Where mm-hmm. that was like an event show. It was such a big right. like deal. And I, I kind of thought Mandalorian was going to be like that, but it very much is not. I don't think, um, you know, people just kind of watch it at their leisure and it's not, it isn't yeah, really the I cultural phenomenon I was expecting it to be. Oh, see, I think it's huge, but I think the difference is, is with streaming services people are using, like, for instance, um, this last episode was uh, directed by Deborah Chow. And I, I, apparently that's the first female to direct live action Star Wars. So, I was listening to an interview with her on a podcast this week and she was saying like she woke up and had already been just inundated with like tons of emails of people who had like started watching it at the stroke of midnight on Thursday night. Yeah, but I mean, to be fair, that probably happens with like American Pickers too. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Like the first episode <laughs> of a season of that, I bet there's lots of emails that go along with, well, maybe letters. Yeah, well, I, I, I guess I'm <laughs> saying like, I don't know, it's just there's something different like... Because weekly shows, even big ones on streaming services, are not new. Um, And I don't know. There's just something weird about it. Like the fact that it's on a streaming service, 
it's different when HBO is airing it live on television. Even though a lot of people are using their apps, it just doesn't it felt different. I don't know why. I think you're right. I totally think you're right. I I got that feeling about lots of things like uh is it Succession? Is that the show that's like running now that's new? Yeah. Yeah. I like that's a show that every, you know, Monday or Sunday night or whatever. Yeah. I feel like there was I just people talk all this it. activity <laughs> and yeah, everybody's talking about it and you know, there's clearly something going on there and that was obviously the case with uh uh game of thrones and right I, I don't really feel it with like the watchman either but i never expected that to be as big that's more of a like throughout no, the week no. people comment on it um it and that's kind premiere. of what mandalorian's well, more like it seems like it's yeah. more of a throughout the week you can tell people are kind of watching it not that it's not a big deal right but it's not like a friday event and part of that mm-hmm. might be because they launch it at midnight it's not like hbo where it they have an actual schedule and they're releasing things, you know, in a broadcast sort of manner. Right. People can watch it whenever they want to. Yeah. And maybe that's why maybe that, maybe they need to take the, like the format even closer to TV and, you know, Apple, I mean, Disney, I guess can do this, but they only have one show really going right now, but Apple has Mm -hmm. like what, like three or four right now. So maybe they should be releasing them. I think they do Fridays. They should be doing them like, you know, this is a six o'clock and this is a seven o'clock and this is an eight o'clock or something like that. Yeah. If they were trying to get that sort of event status. Right. I, so I'm, I do feel like it's a big thing right now though. I, I, don't I mean, know. it's not that I it's mean, not a big thing. It's, you know, it's a big thing, but so are lots of shows. What I mean is it doesn't have yeah. that. Like, uh, everybody leaves work talking about X, Y, Z, right. Like this is going to be on tonight or, I right. really was thinking it was going to be like such a bigger show because of how much, uh, how much the sort of like fan base was getting excited. Everybody was talking about Disney Plus the week or two mm-hmm. before it came out, and for the first week that it was out, I saw one thing talk about the show, literally a single like tweet. But I saw millions of tweets about everybody finding their favorite like Disney Channel original movie or. Uh, random old TV show that they watched in like the nineties or something like that. Well, don't you uh, don't you have filters on for Star Wars? I do not. No, I thought you did because of uh, nope. Rise of Skywalker. Okay. See, my feed my feed was filled with gifs of a particular um, character in the new show. See that that has come uh, later, but it definitely wasn't like that night. But yeah, maybe it's just who I follow. You know what I mean? Well, Disney was also having issues with launch which i think is normal let let's uh let's get into that because like i every time something launches i feel like there's always this backlash of oh this sucks they didn't prepare for xyz and i always feel like no this is part of all launches for the most part like every like really big platform whether it's like a video game or a streaming service like this or whatever i always feel like there's some level of failure that they eventually always work out or not, but I think Disney has. Yeah, I mean they got it done. They got it figured out in less than twenty four hours. I feel like that evening, right. uh, in like you know, American time zones anyway, uh, it was pretty much sorted out by then. And I I don't even know a lot about computers and and stuff like that, but even I noticed that there's a lot of like self proclaimed computer experts on online saying things that are clearly wrong and saying, well, they should have had this figured out, and it's like, no, you. And then other people that clearly knew what they were talking about, they're like, no, like, that doesn't make any sense. Like, they had enough servers, and this was just, like, this huge influx of stuff, and which seems to happen a lot. Like, people did that with Destiny when that came out, which that had some issues of its own, but it was, like, a similar thing where 
people complained about it when it came out because they were having server issues and then they like corrected it within like a week and there wasn't any issues. Yeah, so video games are weird because uh their first like day or a couple days are probably like some of the biggest activity that they're going to have, it seems like. Right. Um whereas with a streaming service, presumably it's going to grow over time. So like your first day isn't going to have the maximum amount. It might be like a huge spike and then it levels off and then it rises back up. Like, you know what I mean? As more people uh, sign in, but I'm willing to bet that, you know, there's probably more people streaming now than there were on day one. Yeah. Um, Just because people use streaming services like that daily. It's not like a video game where like, it's going to like sort of level off. Although maybe I'm wrong. I, you know, I've never worked on something that large, so I could have that all wrong. But I, I feel like Disney has mostly been successful. Like even the little things that I didn't like about it as first, as far as like the, um, uh, like the user interface stuff. Like I think I told you, I texted you earlier this week and I was like, they fixed the one thing that I was having an issue with where like at first, whenever, cause I wanted, I immediately, one of the first things I, I went to whenever it opened up was Simpsons because I grew up in a household that we weren't allowed to watch the Simpsons. I was never a part of that growing up. I have seen like a handful of episodes and a lot of them, I think, were from the later years that people don't really care about it as much anymore. And so it's always been a show that just for me personally, I've wanted to watch just to like get it, if that makes sense. And it's all on Disney Plus. And so I started watching some and then went back to watch it whenever I like got home from work. And then it started back at the beginning of episode one when you hit play and I was like, okay, this is annoying. Like you have to go and scroll to the episode that you were at every single time through this list. And they finally just added up. I I don't know if a patch is the right word, but an update where uh, you just hit resume and it goes into the last episode you were playing just like Netflix or Amazon or anything else. Um, So, yeah, I mean, they're going to have, they're, they're going to have a little bit where they kind of catch up on some of that stuff, but that doesn't seem like a huge deal. Right. But my my point is, it's like they're just little things like that that aren't a huge deal that they've been tweaking as they've gone within like the first week or two. And I honestly, I, I feel bad for the people that are apparently still having some issues, but I really have not had any issues. Even day one, I think we were talking about that because there were a lot of tweets about issues. And we went over to our friend Matt's house and we watched the first episode of The Mandalorian and pretty much started it right away and didn't have any issues streaming it. So... Um, but that's not to say other people haven't, but I don't know. It's been mostly successful for me and I feel like it, it's exactly what I thought. I mean, all the back catalog of stuff kind of makes it worth it, even though they only have a handful of original content right now. And of course with their money behind everything, it's just going to expand and expand. So I'm happy with it so far. Yeah. (laughs) I don't really have anything to add. Have you have you not been using it much? I mean, no, we've been using. I mean, I guess we've really only used it for uh, for watching The Mandalorian, and even then, I've only watched like one or two episodes at home, not at somebody else's house. Oh, see, I've uh, I've used it. So I, I I think I've mentioned before on here that I normally fall asleep listening to something like 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 just having something on very low in the background. And so um, I've either put like Disney movies, like old Disney movies, on whenever I go to sleep. Or, like, I've been putting on Even Stevens a lot lately whenever <laughs> I go to sleep. So, and I just have that really low in the background so that I can fall asleep and 
it's noise. But yeah, I've I've enjoyed it so far. There's a bunch of stuff I've added to. Like Disney has so much stuff that you always forget that they own. I think we talked about they have like the the National Geographic stuff on there, but then there's some documentaries they got a hold of that I've been wanting to watch. There's also um just movies I wasn't aware was in their catalog or I had forgotten they were like like Tron, Tron Legacy. Flight of the Navigator is an old 80s movie I've never seen that I've constantly heard referenced. And so I added that to my list. Just like even old Disney movies that I've never seen um, that I always wanted to whenever I was a little kid. And so there's like all kinds of stuff on there that I've added to my list. Um, I think it's immediately kind of successful just because of the back catalog. And I think Apple will get there. I just think that it's it's uh, I think it's doing fine, too. I just think it's not as much of a talking thing just because there's only four shows at the moment. But maybe that's different for you. Yeah. I mean, I don't think they'll get there. They're not going to have the back catalog that Disney has. Right. Yeah. Uh, nor do I think that's what they're really competing on. Um, but they have way more already original shows and their pipeline seems to be more like set in stone as far as original stuff than Disney's. I don't. They have original. They have more original scripted. Uh, yeah. Well. I think I think I think Disney Plus technically has more original shows. It's just a lot of them are like the docu series stuff, not necessarily scripted. Oh, that are original to Disney Plus. Yeah, yeah, like the Jeff Goldblum thing. The, oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot about those. Couple different like Imagineer things and documentaries and stuff that they released with it. So there are other things on there besides Mandalorian. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, at the end of the day, they're all just like portals into tv shows and once you start watching it it's pretty much the same experience across the board it's it's just uh anxiety for you trying to figure out what you are and not going to watch it's anxiety for you <laughs> figuring out what i'm going to watch is that what you mean no no no. it's anxiety for you like trying to figure out what you're going to watch next or what you're going to have to pass over I'm, i don't have anxiety over that i feel like it bothers you more uh trying to figure out what you're going to get me to watch Oh, okay. Well, maybe I I don't know. I I think like with the Mandalorian stuff, a lot of what uh, of your criticisms make sense. I think a lot of it are you're kind of you kind of a little bit put it on yourself, but I also think you're willing to admit that and it's because it's Star Wars. Yeah, if we want to do a if we want to do a quick sidebar then on just the Mandalorian itself without spoiling anything about it. Yeah. Uh yeah, I so I think it's fair to say that I'm super biased when it comes to the Mandalorian because of how much I love star Wars Mm -hmm. and because how much I love star Wars movies specifically. Right. And we've talked about this a lot, probably on the show, uh, definitely in person, but like star Wars is like a really big, like special thing for me just because of growing up. And like, I've hold, I hold that whole series in high regard for lots of reasons. Um, many of which are very different Mm -hmm. apparently than everybody else, because I also love the prequels and all the, current you know line of movies that are going as well but one of the big things about it that i love so much is that it is a completely original property that is not bound by some giant lore which yeah people listening might be like what are you talking about star wars is known for having one of the most like absurdly large lores out there mm-hmm. but what i mean is the movies are not bound by that right the movies canonize yes the movies are the like source of truth if you will. Yeah. Uh, whereas like Harry Potter, the books are the source of truth. And then, you know, there's a huge gluttony of other contents in, you know, rolling, like would put out blog posts or Twitter things or whatever. And that's like extra content. But at the end of the day, the books are like the gold standard. And with star Wars, it's like the only big property left that 
the movies are the gold standard and they had been pretty good. And part of what I loved about all the movies, including the prequels is that they were just like massive uh, playgrounds for designers and they didn't like go through all the, you know, books and comic books that were made and try and like pluck characters out of there and use them with all the baggage that comes with that. They just made totally new people. Mm -hmm. And then all the, all the like books and all that stuff could spawn off of the movies and the movies were like the source, not the other way around. Right. And what that meant was a movie came out and people didn't argue over whether that's within the character of Dooku or whatever, because it is within the character of Dooku because they were just established here in the movie. That is the source. Right. And so this like ever present fear I have and something that the movie solo without spoiling it uh, really bummed me out uh, with the choice that they made in that movie was connecting to some things that happened in the uh, Clone Wars, the cartoon show. Yeah. The Clone Wars. Yeah. And they connected to things in that show that made no sense if you didn't watch that show and were in fact really confusing right. if you didn't watch that show. And that like gave me this sort of anxiety that, they were going to start doing what Marvel does and Marvel does really well. And we've talked about, I'm glad that that exists. It's just not really my thing as much where everything is interconnected. And that's kind of part of the fun is guessing like, yeah, you know, anytime there's a mystery character, everybody's like, who's that going to be? It's going to be somebody we know. And star Wars, it was never that way. A mystery character was just a mystery like Senator Palpatine or not Senator Palpatine, Emperor Palpatine uh, in, you know, the original trilogy was this mysterious figure. And then when you saw him, you just saw him for the first time. It wasn't like, yeah. Oh, is this actually, you know, Jar Jar Binks hidden behind the, the curtain the whole time or something. And so, yeah, I'm just, I have this like ever present fear of that happening to the star Wars movies because I love the just pure originality that those movies have been able to give us and including the newest ones. And so that all of that baggage uh, comes into the Mandalorian because it's clearly in a different playing field than the cartoon was, right? Yeah. It easily could be seen by the producers of the sort of franchise as a whole as we can just assume that most people have seen the show. Right. And that like concerns me because I really don't want, you know, when we go to see Rise of Skywalker, which I know nothing about, I don't want to go to the movie and then there be characters and hear all the audience people around me be like, oh, that's yeah. you know, Billy Bob that we saw in the cantina and like he did X, Y, Z and this is his whole backstory. Like, I really, yeah. I just want the movies to be their own thing. <laughs> so I would say about 90% of that that you just laid out, I agree with. And a lot of it you've actually brought me around on. Uh, <laughs> Which is kind of a bummer because I don't want to make you uh, not like a thing. Well, no, no, no. No, let me put a pin in that. I think the thing that I would push back on a little bit is that maybe this is a flawed comparison to make. But one thing that I think you would agree um, was very frustrating about a lot of the, let's say, fandom controversy over The Last Jedi, is among many different criticisms leveled at it, there were many that were like, they didn't like this this one thing that The Last Jedi did um, because it doesn't make sense how it could possibly be resolved in the next movie. And so a lot of their dislike of this one movie is for something that they don't even know how it ends yet. If that makes sense. Like, like for instance, one common criticism was, and I think I mentioned this to you before, is they said, well, this was all like, like they did all this like third act sweeping of things off the table uh, in the second act. And so now what's left for the third act? And to me, I feel like you can think that that's fine. That's valid. Everyone can have their own opinion. But to me, it's kind of like sad because it's like, well, 
you're not allowing yourself to enjoy something that just two years from now, you could see the third act, realize you were wrong, and really enjoy it. And I feel like there's a small percentage of you that's like worried about what might happen, and that's causing you to not be able to enjoy this as much as you could for something that you aren't even sure will happen yet. Oh, yeah. And I wouldn't even say a small percentage. I think that that is a thing that I'm constantly aware of that I'm doing, um, but it's very much there. And that is a big part of it is like, you know, I, I would see this show differently if it was if I didn't have this sort of background process that's like pre-frustrated at what they could be doing to the movies which is obviously right uh hurting my like enjoyment of the show and is that's like a fault uh, you know if you will if that's really that big of a fault but you know what i mean like yeah i i would say my with this show specifically my my faith in it not and the reason why i'm not really worried about that personally is because apparently Favreau has been wanting to do this since before the Disney buyout. It's a story that he's had and has been working on for since before then. Well, I, I don't want to. I don't think it's a story. I think it's he wanted to make a show about all the other people in the cantina. I don't think that's he's had this specific story arc this whole time. But you'd have to admit they also specifically picked someone that's not Boba Fett for the reason of differentiating it from a popular canon character. Like, uh, I mean, they I, could have done yes. this exact show and said, oh, he survived the Sarlacc pit, which is what a lot of people were thinking that weren't in like really following the development of the show. They're like, oh, it's the Boba Fett show. And then they realize, oh, no, it's not like they explicitly have said they wanted to pick these different characters. So they weren't necessarily beholden to canon it's like something you know but it's their own territory that they're allowed to play in and so that's my one hope i will say that i share similar fears that like even though you're gonna watch all the mandalorian and let's say it ends up tying into rise of skywalker you'll get all the references but i agree that's annoying like i don't think you should have to yes i guess is my like and, and that's that's the part of it i agree with you on because not even just have to but like i don't want that affecting the the movie like when they're writing it i don't want them to be like oh like we need to try and tie this thing together and like marvel movies you watch and you're impressed that they pulled off like oh wow they really like right. pulled off connecting all these dots but like it clearly hamstrings the movie a little bit yeah you know what i mean in the sense that it's a giant high like uh, uh, balancing act to juggle all these cannons and try and keep things consistent. And that harms the overall production. It's worth it because it's like, right. There's nothing else like this and it's incredibly impressive. Plus I am also someone that with franchises that I like, I like frequently like every other year watching through something, whether it's Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, the Hobbit movies or star Wars or planet of the apes or whatever. And whenever you're, Whenever you're wanting to watch through a series, um, whenever like like I don't want it to be like, uh, oh, in order to um, you know relive all of this straight through in a timeline, I have to watch three seasons of Mandalorian in between this movie and this movie. If that makes sense, yeah, right. I don't I don't like that feeling. I don't want that to ever be a requirement because. Um, while like I'm I'm watching Clone Wars right now just because I kind of got into it, but it's not something I'll ever watch again. Yeah, and like that show is kind of cool because it's intended as sort of this fun extra side thing, just like the books have always been. Yeah, that's why I, I was in that like group, or I don't know if "group" is the right word because I don't I didn't hear anybody else saying this, but I was very excited whenever they announced that they were just basically axing the uh, 
like legends canon or whatever they used to call it yeah um whenever disney first like bought star wars because it was kind of yeah. like oh man like we're not going to be beholden to this canon they can just do whatever they want and make exactly. unique stories and like i think a lot of my fears played out a lot uh with the last jedi because not to get too spoilery but like people didn't like how they resolved luke and yeah. Generally speaking, the people that were upset. Now, this isn't completely true, but a lot of the people that were upset were were upset comparing. because they're comparing to what Luke became in the books. And it's like, yeah, this is not consistent with his character. And it's like, what movies were you watching? And then, you know, as you talk, you realize, oh, this is like the Thrawn trilogy. <laughs> yeah, I don't know exactly what, but frequently people brought up he was the most powerful Jedi in the universe. And it's like, when in the movies was he the most powerful Jedi in the universe? Like he never once Right. exhibited that type of behavior to me at all like not even close so to me it yeah. all felt super consistent or when when people will will say like well ray's character is a mary sue because she just immediately figures out all this stuff even though we're dealing with space magic or <laughs> luke had all this training and i'm sitting there like i remember luke having like five minutes of training yeah. in the second movie like it felt very similar if anything you could argue that it was too similar to empire but but it's another thing where it's like books fill in and color that vision of like oh well in between empire and return of the jedi like he was said to have done like done this and, and it's like okay that wasn't in the movies though like, right and yeah and, and those those <laughs> are the types of like fears which i i know how like goofy i sound saying fears when i'm talking about how uh the giant media conglomerate is treating my favorite trilogy but you know what i mean right like that that's why i, I almost was like hesitant when they said that this was going to be a continuation of the skywalker saga in the first place because i'm like i'm more excited about they said ryan johnson's getting just a totally unique trilogy to do with totally unique characters and everything it's like yes like that's what you should do which really i should be excited about the mandalorian for the same reason because it's like it's just random characters nobody needs to be connected to anybody just tell a story in this giant universe and pick random planets with random yeah. Uh, creatures and do all the crazy stuff you can do only in Star Wars because it's such a like unique property and it's always been about celebrating creativity. There's still a chance they're doing that, that it's not going to be necessarily connected to anything. Oh, um, uh, well, and from what I understand, that's the more likely thing. Like, yeah, I don't think that it's I don't think I mean, I've seen lots of people being like, oh, it'd be so cool if a uh, giant spoiler that I'm sure you already have heard of, but I'm not going to say it anyway. Uh, is actually this person's, you know, kid or whatever. Yeah. And every time I'm like, holy cow, like that would be so upsetting. Yeah. Which, I, you know, I, it's like I'm saying I would be upset about a thing that would make lots of other people happy. So, you know, th- th- this is another weird thing. Uh, just to go on another side tangent on our side tangent. I have really wanted to engage on like Twitter with people who are talking like how much they're loving the Mandalorian or whatever. Mm-hmm. And to the point where I've like started typing things up and I always stop myself. Like, why, why do I want to like make somebody else not enjoy a thing that I'm not enjoying? Right. Not to say I'm not enjoying the show at all, but you know what I mean? Like I'm trying to like reduce people's enthusiasm and like, that's dumb. (laughs) Yeah. Even, even though I enjoy the Mandalorian quite a bit, um, there is a little bit where I kind of side eye people that are like, finally disney did something right and it's like okay i mean this is yeah i mean i think there's a little bit of anti last jedi 
uh, hanging out in there. But I, I, yeah, I, I know lots well, of people who genuinely just really, really, really love what they've done with the Mandalorian. And like, yeah, that makes me happy. I'm glad I love Star Wars. I want Star Wars to keep uh, having the right. cultural impact that it has now. And so I, I like I shouldn't be doing things to discourage that. It's just it's this weird human phenomenon where it's like when we don't like a thing, it bothers us when other people do. Yeah. And like, I don't know, it's really upsetting because I hate because I'm generally the person who likes the unpopular thing. You know what I mean? Like we've talked about. It. I liked mm-hmm. the the prequel Star Wars movies. I actually liked the last season of Game of Thrones. Uh, often when people get really mad because the thing has has lost its touch and gotten worse, I kind of like it because I kind of generally like change. And so mm-hmm. it's always annoying whenever it's like I feel guilty that I like a thing because you know, you're apparently supposed to not like a thing mm-hmm. and it always annoys me. And so I'm annoyed, pre annoyed at myself, uh, for like starting to try and pull people down to my level of grumpiness when it comes to a TV show or something. And yeah. I don't know. I honestly think you could probably, I know you don't think this and you're not going to follow what I'm about to say, but I really do think you could probably get by with just not watching Mandalorian until it's completed. And then watching all the rest of the episodes. I don't think. I think you would be fine. I don't think so. I would have been. I already know based on now. I would have been extremely annoyed if I had watched it. But see, this is this is my question. Do you actually enjoy it on any level or not? Because if you don't enjoy it, then stop watching it. Oh, well, I see what you're saying. It's not that I don't enjoy it on any level. I like it's fine. I just don't think about it at all after it came out. You know what I mean? Oh. See, I, I'm different, but I totally get yeah, that. I, that's the thing, right? I'm not saying you're wrong. It's not the, it's not the same as a movie. It's not the same as a movie. I, and I agree with you there. And I will say, like, kind of what I was getting at earlier whenever people say it's the greatest thing Disney's ever done with Star Wars. I, the reason why I kind of side-eye people is because, is for me, it's more of, like, finally we have a live-action Star Wars television show that looks good and is enjoyable to watch. But for me, it's not doing – I think we talked about this the other day – for me, it's not doing anything new. Exactly. Um, much much of what it is is like, for instance, uh, they do really well in not making it fan servicey, but they do things that, like, for instance, the little uh, eyeball looking thing that comes out and like will scan a new visitor to a place, or you know, Jawas, or like all these different things. Like those things are fun, but it's it's all stuff we've seen before. If that makes sense, right? And so even with Mandalorian. I really like it. I like that it's this weekly live action Star Wars thing that I get to watch leading up to the new movie. And then I also have the new Fallen Order game that I can then go play. For me, it's just like it's Star Wars for two months straight. And I love everything about that. But um, yeah, it's I, I kind of side eye people whenever they're like praising. I don't want to say mediocrity because it's not mediocre, but it's like uh, more of the same. Yeah, I, look, I mean... <laughs> I don't want to like discount that though, because I think with all, you know, entertainment, people get different things out of different things. Yes. And so you might get something out of this that you've never been able to get before. In fact, you definitely are because you've never had a uh, regular, you know, 30 to 45 minute uh, chunk of Star Wars that comes every week. Right. Like that is a new thing in its own right. Um, it's also way more of a space Western and the music itself is definitely unique and wonderful. Fantastic. But aside from that, for me personally, the stuff that I love about star Wars is like the visual effects, um, and how like groundbreaking and how much they push things forward. Yeah. Um, and then the like 
production design, the creativity that goes into all of the creature design and the right. set pieces and all that stuff. And this is like, right. it's up to snuff in feeling like Star Wars, but it's it doesn't feel like Star Wars to me because to me, Star Wars is watching like a new world be birthed in front of me for the very first time. And yeah, this isn't that at that. all. And but that's the thing. And like, I'd, that's, I'd agree with that. Yeah, and like, but that's just what I personally get out of it. Mm-hmm. And so it's never been about like the story. The story is good, and the Last Jedi is an exception because that was just incredible storytelling. But like the original trilogy was kind of a cheesy, like generic uh, storyline, mm-hmm. dressed up incredibly well with everything else firing in all cylinders. Right, and that's what I really liked about it. Yeah, and so for the things that I personally get out of Star Wars, the show doesn't doesn't do as much for me personally but yeah i'm like disparaging it all this time but it's really like it's like i'm disappointed even though i'm not like i i'm watching it and it's not like i'm sad while i'm watching it right it's just this kind of uh it's fine feeling which for me star wars has always been such a big thing that something being fine is sort of a disappointing feeling which i know everybody who like right hates the prequels is like how could you possibly uh think that where like it's fine is so much better than deeply disappointing at a like uh religious level but i didn't get that out of the prequels i actually enjoyed it so i i feel like this is definitely catering to a very specific type of star wars fan obviously it has wide appeal because it's star wars in general but i think the people that really like it a lot and this is not a dis- dis- disparaging comment towards this group of fans as either but like it feels like it's largely uh perfect for people that really dislike The Last Jedi. It's perfect for people that want more adult Star Wars stories because it's about bounty hunters and it's very Western. And, like, people that are into, like, Destiny and Halo and, like, all these, like, pseudo, like, uh, Viking-esque type cultures in, in in their lore and things like that, which feels very much what, like, the Mandalorian stuff is. Um... And I actually, I don't think that's a bad thing. I just think it's a very, like, specific group of people that are really getting a lot out of it in that way. And and for me, that's what I was saying earlier where, like, I told you the other day, I, I sometimes see that whole best thing Disney's ever done thing. And I don't think that is, but I really enjoy it. And I sort of just stop and think, well, you know what? I'm enjoying it. At least it's something that, you know, these all these people that hated The Last Jedi and me can at least agree on in this one show. Which is you know, fine. <laughs> it's really funny that you mentioned uh like it's kind of like the Halo crowd or something, because yeah. I remember getting vibes, especially in the the most recent episode at the time of recording, like similar like Spartan vibes out of them. You know, they always have their helmets on and Yeah, you got the big guy with the yeah, big exactly. chain gun and you got the felt like reach. And I didn't think about it until just now, but if you were to take this exact show and reskin it as Halo and replace some of the characters, you know, with, like, the aliens in Halo and give it the Halo score. Yeah. But generally speaking, you made a, like, a very passable, very good-for-TV uh, budget and made it Halo. Me, as, like, a casual Halo fan, I would have thought it was amazing. Like, I would love it. Yeah. And yeah. so that is a really interesting, uh, I don't know, like, way to reflect on how I'm viewing this. <laughs> yeah. I Well, uh, that that's just what I got from it because, like, immediately – like especially like you said this last episode you see like the big guy with the chain gun it felt like halo reach you have the female one that has like a more spartan looking helmet and she's got like the fur pieces which feels very like viking culture and the fact that they have this like religious zeal around like this warrior culture stuff like that all feels very like vikings centurions uh what is it um 
like all that kind of stuff, you know, Spartans, things like that. It feels like a mishmash of a lot of like warrior culture stuff. And right. I think that appeals more to like the video gamer attitude, which again, is not a bad thing, but it's just different. It's not the, what you're talking about where it's like exploring. And if you look really closely at a single frame of a five second clip of star Wars on a world, you like the order 66 montage and revenge of the Sith. Right. You get like 12 frames and it's like they created an entire world um, for those 12 yeah. frames. And, and there's probably been yeah. like multiple books that have spawned off from that world that they created in those 12 frames. Yeah, exactly. So no, I, I, I get that. I just think, and obviously you're not disagreeing. I just think it's like different things for different people. So I'd agree with that. Yeah. I'm, I'm definitely like way too harsh on it. And that's why I want to keep quiet. And I hope if anybody's made it through this and they're like, you know, maybe the show isn't as good as I thought it was. Like, I hope I'm not doing that because I don't know. That makes me sad because if a thing is fun to watch, it should be fun to watch. And nobody should be able to tell you that you're dumb for thinking a thing that you like is good. Yeah. Well, because like, I feel like some similar stuff is going to come out when Amazon inevitably releases whatever their Middle Earth project is going to be. Because my understanding is it's going to be made largely by the same studio of Peter Jackson's, uh, like so lots of similar props and things like that. I don't know if they're going to go for CGI or go back to physical props. I hope they do. I assume that all of the marketing will say that it's all physical. Yeah. And there will be literally like choke orders that uh, the studio puts on the visual effects houses from even saying anything about it being visual effects. Yeah. And each shot will have, you know or each episode will have a couple hundred to a thousand visual effects shots in it, but it'll be praised as finally bringing us back to uh, uh, like physical props <laughs> because that seems to be yeah. what happens with everything nowadays. Yeah. And honestly, I'm okay with that because I thought the orcs and Lord of the Rings looked better, but, um, but anyway, my, my point being with that, I didn't mean to get off on a tangent on that, but like my thing is like, I, I acknowledge in advance that whatever, even no matter how good it looks and what budget they put into it, which is apparently pretty big, um, it's not going to look as good as even the Hobbit movies, um, just because it's not working on the same scale and it's working with different pacing and budget constraints. And so I know that going into it, that whatever it is, it's going to try and just be more of a, you're spending more time in this world, not necessarily like doing anything crazy. Or, and maybe it will, maybe I'm wrong and I'll be surprised, but... I kind of acknowledge that going into it, but for me, as just like a fan of like Lord of the Rings and stuff, it's just sort of like, oh, cool, this is more time in this world. And that's how I feel about The Mandalorian. I don't think it's like reinventing the wheel. I don't think it's anything that's like making this huge splash. I just am really excited that there's this really good looking live action television show. And that's about all it is for me. Yeah, I think so. I think that makes sense. I think we can probably leave it at that. There's probably plenty of repeating and me trying too hard to uh, yeah. cover my butt on that. But I think uh, well, this will be trimmed down. But as of right now, I'm looking at about an hour and a half. <laughs> yeah. And I do have to work pretty early tomorrow in order to uh, get everything done so that I can have the, the rest of the week off for Thanksgiving. And um, I think what we are tentatively discussing about doing is when... New Star Wars movie comes out, Rise of Skywalker, and as well as when The Mandalorian ends, which is either the week of that movie or the week after, I think. Um, we're talking about doing 
one or two podcast episodes of just Star Wars for either maybe around uh, Christmas time or maybe a little bit after because I think Rise of Skywalker and the show end like right in the week of Christmas. So um, we'll see how we do time frame wise. I don't want to make any strong, hard, fast commitments, but I think uh, we're going to have one or two episodes of lots of Star Wars stuff to actually dig into spoilers and things like that. So um, it'll give everybody time who doesn't have Disney Plus right now and maybe wants to check out The Mandalorian to see who's right, me or Charlie, and make a definitive statement and fight on Reddit. Um, then do that. Yeah. And say which one of us you believe. And speaking of uh, us making promises at the end of episodes and not following through, uh, we still have uh, the recording of the movie Her uh, that we did yep. like two months ago whenever our last episode uh, came out. <laughs> That's still sitting so in the queue. So you did your homework. So uh, yeah, if you did your homework and watch Her, uh, sorry for the delay, but uh, I may get that edited up and uh, I probably won't, I won't attach it to this episode because we've gone quite a while, but uh, maybe I'll release that. Maybe yeah. I'll throw it into the A-Town movies uh, feed. I don't really know so, at this point. Yeah, I feel like we've gotten so inconsistent enough that we can that. pretty much do whatever we want, and uh, nobody's li- left listening to care. So, uh, you know, that's yeah. pretty much what's going on with that. I don't know. Every week I get one or two new views for our Facebook page. So. <laughs> well, I think that's just uh, the Facebook <laughs> al- algorithm giving you a fake notification to like try to get you to boost your post. Oh, it's possible, but I know we get notifications all the time for that. <laughs> that's so. funny. I guess I don't open Facebook yeah. enough to even know. Well, you can find uh, us at A-Town FM uh, on Twitter, or you can go to atownfm.com, and uh, we have a Reddit. We have, I guess that's pretty much it, isn't it? It's been a while since I've done one of these. Yeah, Facebook, Twitter, but we don't really interact a lot on there. Uh, Reddit is the best place to interact especially if you want to have mandalorian or star wars or streaming wars yeah. discussions well and you don't really interact anywhere uh i pretty much have to like i have to yeah text you a link to whatever it is so that you'll respond <laughs> yeah i don't have notifications for reddit because that would just be too many so yeah yeah uh both both comments on each episode would just really light up your phone well, and Reddit to me is really I, – I get that most people look at Reddit on their phone and stuff like that. But that to me has always felt like something where I'd rather sit in front of a computer and look no, at that's Reddit. Fair. Or, no judgment here. My computer's my computer sucks. This is so. true. I, I would be surprised if this episode is actually recorded. That'll just be uh, a little icing on the cake to this fun conversation that we had. <laughs> yeah. I can't tell you how many hours we have just pissed away. <laughs> <laughs> it's a wasted friendship yeah <laughs> all right i am gonna stop because it's saying it needs to update <laughs> dear god all right please hit stop and hit right. save yeah all right all right